Welcome into another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm your host, Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing good. What's going on? Not too much. Uh, coming off of a what ended up being a crazy NFL trade deadline, which is abnormal for the NFL. Usually it kind of comes and goes without much movement. Uh, every now and then you'll have a player who's got a bad contract um, on a team that, that they want to get rid of or a guy that's not happy, uh, you know, that they'll, they'll ship out somewhere. But there were, there were some big moves last night. We talked a little bit about the, you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo trade and the Dwayne Brown trade for Jeremy Lane, which ended up Jeremy Lane felt his physical uh, coming from Seattle. So the Texans end up picking up an extra third-round pick in this coming draft for that deal uh, with, with that going on. And today you had Kevin, Kelvin Benjamin going from the uh, Panthers to the Bills, and you had Jay Ajayi going from the Dolphins to the Eagles. So it was just – it was it was kind of a busy day, which I said is a little bit different. And those guys, I mean, two really you know impact players uh, that were good players on their team and look to you know have a, a, a say in what happens the rest of the season. Yeah, and you know the weirdest part of the day was the deal that didn't get done uh, for AJ right. McCarron with with the Browns and the Bengals. So uh, apparently that they had a deal in place, uh, everything was was good to go. Uh, the Bengals sent in their papers to the league right before four, and the Browns just f- forgot to. Uh, so uh, you just the Browns just never cease to amaze. Uh, they just find ways to screw things up. And and the crazy part was they were going to give a two and a three, uh, which would have been more a, a steeper price than than what the Niners got for uh, Garoppolo. So it's kind of odd that. Their obsession with AJ McCarron, you know, you can you can trace that back to last off season. Uh, so it, I I wouldn't give up a, a two and a three for AJ McCarron. I, I, you're that Bama fan here. Would you do that? No, absolutely not. And the funny thing is, you know, AJ McCarron got picked. It was the fifth round, I think it was in the draft that he went. Yeah, it was day and three. And he sure. hasn't pl- he hasn't played since then. You know. And, um, I mean, very limited action. He, he did play a little bit a couple years ago, I think, right, when Andy Dalton got hurt. I think he got that playoff game. But, yeah, he did. That's right. But, I mean, I, I don't know what he's done since he got drafted that would I don't move either. his value up that much. And I don't under, what the other thing I understand is what do the Browns have against drafting a quarterback? <laughs> like, it just it, – it's funny to me. They, they pass – I mean, they, they draft quarterbacks, but not high, not early in the first round. They pass on all these guys – um, I mean, the list of guys that they could have drafted that they didn't, you know, just kind of goes on and on. Um, and it, I just don't, I don't understand what they think the um, the value is in getting a guy like AJ McCarron instead of taking a guy with, you know, what they're going to have as a top top ten, you know, whatever's going to be picked. Maybe that says a lot about this quarterback draft. I mean, maybe you know the fact that the the Forty Nineers were willing to uh, trade a two for Garoppolo and the fact that the Browns were willing to give up so much to get A.J. McCarron, you know, maybe that gives us an indication of what they're feeling about this draft coming up. But, you know, I mean, he he did okay, A.J. McCarron, looking back at his numbers. It was 2015 that he got, uh, it looks like, three starts, went two and one, 66.4% completion, 854 yards, uh, six touchdowns, two picks. I mean, he was good in his time there. Uh, You know, we were talking a little bit before we started about his time at Alabama, um, threw a good deep ball in college. Uh, was kind of hit or miss on the underneath stuff and the intermediate stuff. But he was also throwing that deep ball to Julio Jones 
And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really take that much of a special talent to throw a deep ball to Julio Jones, you know, against college cornerbacks. Yeah, it's just wild. Uh, you know, you talk about the Browns. They've passed on Carson Wentz. They've passed on Deshaun Watson. Uh, they took Kaiser this year, who who looks like he's probably the worst of the bunch. And they've got Cody Kessler, uh, so they and you know they've they've picked high every year. So you, you you'll see that jersey floating around Twitter of all the names on it, and they they just seem snake bitten. And you know there's already reports out that they're wanting to blow up this this front office and the coaching staff again. You know it just seems like every two years they're back where we're where they started. Uh, so. It, you know, one of my best friends is a Browns fan, and so I've I've kind of lived it through him. It's brutal over there. You know, any any time you uh, you're feeling down about the Titans, you can just be thankful you're not a Browns fan. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's unbelievable. And you know, Hugh Jackson was a guy that I really wanted the Titans to go after. Uh, after I guess it was before they hired Wizen Hunt. Um, he, he was a guy. He was a hot name. Obviously, the coordinator for the Bengals. And, I mean, I guess that's the, the tie there to, um, to A.J. McCarron. But, you know, he was a guy that I, that I was really excited about. So I don't know if it's if it's him or if it's his front office. And I don't know if you saw I mean, there's apparently been, you know, some quarterbacks maybe that he wanted that he didn't get to to pick because the front office didn't want him. Uh, anyways, I mean, it just seems like things are, things are kind of spiraling out of control uh, in Cleveland. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see a shakeup, you know, from the front office down there because it just doesn't seem like doesn't seem like everybody's on the same page there and obviously whatever they're doing is, is not working right now. Yeah, and I I guess we need to kinda of discuss DeMarco Murray uh, before we go any any further. There yeah. there was there were rumors out there that the Titans uh, could could deal DeMarco Murray. I think Rap Sheet he, he he may have just been speculating this, but he talked about the possibility that the Cowboys we're we're gonna come after Demarco Murray, and, and, you know. I, I said on on Twitter when I saw that it's just not gonna happen. You, you know, Demarco has too much too much value to this team right now. He's the only third down back that they trust. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's still needed for pass blocking. Still needed uh, catching balls out of the backfield. Uh, again, he's the only guy that that Mike Malarkey really trusts to to stand in there in the shotgun and, and help protect Mariota and and go run routes. Uh, not that Derrick Henry can't. I, I just don't th- feel like the staff thinks that he's there yet. So uh, I, I never bought into any of that. Uh, you know, if the Titans were going to do anything, I could see them adding another back, but definitely not not taking away a, a guy like Murray. Yeah, I wrote about that on Um you, you know, just that it didn't make sense. I mean, uh, for the things that you talked about, um, you know, and obviously pass protection, uh, you know, I think that Derrick Henry has had his issues with that, um, and that's obviously something that's very important when you have a young guy that you know is your franchise quarterback. Uh, and just the fact too that you know they're they're in the playoff race; they're currently tied for the division lead. I mean, technically they are the, the leaders in the division right now. So to trade off Murray for a draft pick just doesn't make any sense for where they are. If they were, you know, in the position the Colts are in, out of the race, whatever, you know, you could pick up a draft pick for this next draft to build on you know something like that would make sense but where they are right now you don't give up a, a, a valuable piece of your offense for you know a return that's not that's not going to be and it's not like they're going to get a second or third round pick for it so it was just that was kind of nonsense i never really understood why there would be anything to that and, and just real quick before we move on there was so many people wanted the titans to make a bunch of moves today and i just don't understand like i said this was the the craziest trade deadline NFL that I can ever remember 
But, you know, these deals don't just pop up. And, again, you know, you want them to add a corner. Well, do you really want them to give up a second-round pick for Dominic rogers Camardi or third-round pick, whatever it would have taken? I mean, sure, he'd be a help in the short term. But I'm just not sure that – I don't know. I just don't think you're getting the value back there that a lot of people think you are. I mean, there's just all these guys they wanted to add. And it's, none of it really made sense to me. So, um, anyway, that's, that's kind of where I'm on that. Um, all right, so – before we move on, we're going to talk about the Titans-Ravens uh, rivalry real quick because that's what that's what we've got, the Ravens coming up this, this Sunday. Uh, but before we do that, we will take a quick break. All right, so the Titans play the Ravens on Sunday. And like I said before, it's, it's, it's a huge rivalry for those of us who have been Titans fans for a long time. Um, it's faded away a little bit since the you know realignment of the division since the Titans moved to the south. Don't play the Ravens nearly as often uh, as they did when they were both a part of the AFC Central. Um, so some of these games go back a little bit further uh, than a lot of people are really going to remember. But there, there's three games in particular that stand out to me, um, all, all playoff games. The most recent one was at the end of the 2008 season, uh, a season in which the Titans were 13-3. and We're pretty clearly the best team, at least in the AFC, maybe in the entire NFL, uh, the Ravens came to Nashville. I don't remember what the stadium was called at that point. If it was LP Field or whatever, whatever you know, it's, it's had three or four different names since it's been here. Um, and in the game, the Titans, you know, really, you know, if you look at the stat sheet, the Titans were the better team that day. But you had a fumble from Lindell White, you had a fumble from Algie Crumpler, uh, and you know, the Ravens were able to find a way to win that, that game. And, um, you know, it was just – it was a it was a heartbreaking deal because, again, the Titans, I, I think, really had a chance to go back to the Super Bowl that year. And the Ravens once again came here and snatched it away. Yeah, it was brutal. Uh, and, you know, that 2018 was so special. Uh, just just that whole year, uh, starting 10-0, uh, even with Kerry Collins and, and virtually nothing at receiver. You know, we were just running through the roster, and it, it was just kind of funny to, to hear some of the names. Uh, so it was a team built on defense. Uh, it was really fun to watch. Albert Hainsworth was an absolute monster, uh, and just to to have it fall apart just so quickly, uh, it was just it, it ripped your heart out. Uh, and the way it happened, you know, you, with the the Joe Flacco, um, the uh, what the, the play clock expiring, play clock on zero, and the, it it doesn't get called. It's a huge moment in that game. Uh, so to just run through that whole season, go thirteen and three, and just have it ripped away from you just so quickly, uh, that was probably the uh, probably the most upset I've been as a Titans fan. Yeah, yeah, it was tough, and like you said, I mean, just the the the, the it was the big play. It was Todd Heap, right? They caught that ball uh, on the uh, when the play clock expired. Um, was it Todd Heap that it was? I think it was. I don't remember. But anyway. Um, and, you know, they got a first down there. I think it was like a third, a third and pretty long even. Um, that was just, that was brutal. Um, and the, that was the game where Chris Johnson kind of got, you know, bent over backwards a little bit and, and didn't come back in the game. And, I mean, it was just so, so many things that went wrong. And like you said, it was a special team. That defense, man, was so good. And uh, like you said, Hainsworth dominating the middle. Kyle Van and Bosch, you know, t- kind of took the league by storm that year. Um, Javon so it was just it, it was one of those teams. Yeah, yeah, Javon <laughs> Curse was back. That was before, before he jumped in the bins and went home. But, uh, you know, it was just – it was one of those things where, 
you, you really thought it was all going to come together that year. And like you said, it just kind of all disappeared in, in an instant. Um, and so the game before that, that was the playoff game was, was January 3rd, 2004. So on the heels of the 2003 season, uh, was a game that the Titans played in Baltimore. Um, and in the game, I guess we, we could have done this in the other order, but, uh, we'll talk about the 2001 game in, in a few minutes, but, that was a game where um, the Titans had been knocked out by the by the Ravens following the 2000 season. So if you remember, 1999 was the year Titans won the Super Bowl. Um, lost, you know, had the play that was, you know, obviously one or short. We've all seen it a million times. Um, the Titans would kick the extra point. That would have tied the game. Um, but the next year, the Titans were even – they were a lot better, actually. In 2000, they were in 99. One of the best fences in the history of the league. Uh, nobody talks about because the Ravens team is really good that year too. But um, so I, I guess we, I will talk about that game real quickly because it, it kind of sets the stage for the for the 04 game. So the, the Titans were 13 three again that year and um, got the first round by. Had the the Ravens coming here to Adelphia Coliseum. That was the second year that the Titans were were the well the, the fourth year the team was in Nashville or third year the team was in Nashville. Second year they were the Titans. Um, had not lost a, a game at then Adelphia Coliseum uh, since they had since the stadium had opened and, and they had been named the Titans. And you know, again, coming off of the the one yard short thing, best team in the league, and all that stuff. And they they get a Ravens team that was really good, had a defense that that gave up the least amount of points at least to that point uh, ever in a season. The Ravens did so. Ray Lewis, you remember all that. Um, and the Titans in that game, as we were talking about before we started this, the Titans gained 317 yards of total offense. The Ravens had 134. But the Ravens won the game 24-10. Uh, to 10, And you had a blocked field goal return 90 yards for a touchdown in that game. You had a Ray Lewis interception 50-yard return for a touchdown. I mean, just brutal. Uh, still to this day for me is the most heartbroken I've ever been leaving a professional sporting event. Because, I mean, that was the year. I really thought that was the year the Titans were going to do it. Uh, it was just in the, the city was a buzz. I mean, it was great. And for those of you that remember what it was like last summer when the Predators were in the Stanley Cup Finals, I mean, that, that's, what, that's what the city felt like with, with the Titans back then. Um, and so, anyway, so all that to set the stage for the 2004 game um, when the Titans went to Baltimore. So kind of the you know the exact opposite of that game, and um, also one thing I failed to mention the the Ray Lewis the, he in that game in two thousand one Eddie they threw a little pass out to Eddie George to the side and Ray Lewis ripped the ball out of his hands and it was like he stole Eddie George's soul never forget that <laughs> um, anyway so in the two thousand four game uh, they went up there. And there's a play going to the sideline, and Ray Lewis comes to tackle Eddie George. And Eddie George stiff arms him. I mean, Ray Lewis tackles him, but Eddie George goes down on top of him with his hand on Ray Lewis's face and just, like, bounces him off the ground. And it was just, like, it was one of the greatest moments ever as a Titans fan because it was like Eddie got his revenge in that moment. Um, anyway, but the Titans won that game. Uh, Gary Anderson kicked a 46-yard field goal that barely got over the crossbar. Uh, and I just I don't know if you remember when Gary Anderson kicked it. It was so awesome because he looked like a bobblehead out there. He's this tiny dude with this big old head with, with his helmet on. And I just, I mean, he would run out there, he would kick, and as soon as he kicked the ball, he would just turn around and run off the field. Um, but obviously with that one, he stayed out there, and they celebrated because it was the game winner. So anyway, all that to say that there's a lot of history between these two teams. And now, again, it's not as recent because they don't play as often as they did. You know, They used to play a couple times a year back when they were in the AFC Central. But um, it, it's a it's a series that does have 
quite a bit of history behind it. Um, and, you know, this game will probably look a little bit like some of those games. Uh, the, the Ravens have a pretty good defense. The Titans' defense, I think, is, is improving, but the Ravens' offense is pretty bad. So I don't expect it to be a, a very pretty game to watch, which is a lot of what you saw against those teams, and that was really because the defenses were so good. But I, I think we'll see a game this week that kind of resembles some of those games. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I couldn't add too much to the conversation because I was, you know, 10 and 11 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Jimmy's the old man of the bunch here. Yeah. So, so uh, those, those wounds are, are, are still fresh for him. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be an ugly game. I, I totally agree with that. It's going to be a game where if you play DFS, uh, stay away. It's just not going to be pretty. Um, but it, it's a game that the Titans can win, and, and we've talked about that. Uh, this this Ravens team really shouldn't scare you. I mean, I, I really think that so many Titans fans, are they see Ravens and they immediately just go back to the, those early 2000 teams, like, like nothing has changed. And to a certain point, they're they're right on that. They they still play that same style, but this isn't the same team. I mean, we, we talked about it yesterday. They ranked 29th against the run so far. That's kind of crazy to think about. So uh, it it matches up well with the Titans' strengths. Um, it's a spot where the Titans should be able to consistently rip off chunks of yardage in the run game. You know that that's going to be the biggest thing I'm watching for. This run game has to get fixed because. You know, we, we've said they're not going to change their philosophy. They're going to run the football. So uh, they've they've got to find a way to make it work. Uh, and I think this is a, a good spot to kind of jump start it, coming off the bye, coming off a, a little bit of a favorable matchup. Uh, let's get the run game going. Yeah, and uh, we got a Vegas line today. So we'll talk a little bit about that after we take one more quick break. Okay, so we, last night when we talked, um, there I guess there was still a little bit of uncertainty surrounding Joe Flacco, uh, but I mean it looks like now that it's it's pretty certain that he's going to play. Um, so I, the the side that I've been looking at, the Titans opened as a one point favorite against the Ravens. Uh, game has a total of forty. Uh, so you know I, I think I think it's probably about right. I mean I. I I think the Titans are the better team here. I think, you know, definitely considering that it's a home game, I, I think it's a game that the Titans should win. But I, I do think they'll struggle a little bit. I don't, I don't think it's going to be an, an easy thing by any means. Um, I do look for the defense to, to play pretty well here and to look good in this. Because there's not anything really on the Ravens that scares you. Um, you know, they've got some guy. I mean, they got a Jeremy Macklin, Mike Hollis, but, I mean, those guys are not, you know, what they were in their prime. Joe Flacco's not what he was, quite honestly, in his prime. And he was never, you know, great or he was never elite as he wanted to think that he was. Um, you know, won a couple Super Bowls playing with some really good defensive teams. So, you know, I don't know. I think the, the, the like you said, ugly game, a 40 over-under is not something that you necessarily want to attack from a fantasy, purpose, from a fantasy perspective. But that, that really does seem about right. Yeah, it, it totally does. And, you know... It's not really the passing game that, that I'm concerned with. Uh, it, the Ravens are sneakily good on, on the ground. Um, maybe not with names. You know, Buck Allen and Alex Collins aren't, aren't going to scare you. But they've got some things done. Um, Alex Collins has kind of emerged into that league guy. Uh, but Buck Allen can hurt you in the, in the passing game. So uh, that's, that's where I'm looking for this Titans defense to kind of key in. But, again, you can't go to sleep on, on Mike Wallace. Uh, and and we'll see 
kind of what the matchups are. But but Jeremy Macklin is still capable too. Uh, it, it's just kind of a matter of Joe Flacco, and he he's just he's really fallen off. Uh, he, he's not what he once was. I don't I don't know that he was ever great, um, like you were kind of saying. But uh, he's he's been pretty bad this year. Uh, so I I really think if the Titans can can play firm against the run, I, I think the Titans should be able to uh, escape this one w- with an ugly win. Yeah, and so we'll have a little bit more tomorrow on, I guess, status of guys. You know, we talked yesterday about Corey Davis, uh, John Cyprian being limited. And, again, I, I think that they were more limited just because of the, the layoff and, and that stuff. Um, so, I mean, I, I think and even if we don't see them uh, be a full go – in practice the next couple of days, I still wouldn't be that concerned about it. Um, I think Corey Davis is going to. I, I don't know that they're going to throw him in. He's going to you know, lead the receivers in snaps just considering how long he's been out. And he talks a little bit about how um, he thinks he came back a little bit too quickly last time. So I think they'll ease him in a little bit, but it'll be good to have him back out there. But anyway, we'll get a better indication of all that stuff. And, and Delaney wasn't able to practice on Monday. We'll see if he's able to go tomorrow. So that, that's kind of the key things that we'll be looking at for tomorrow, uh, just the injury report and, and seeing where they are. Anything else, Terry, before we jump out? That's all I got. All right, sounds good. Um, forgot to mention from the top, Pro Football Focus. Again, we still have that promo going. If you rate and review the podcast on iTunes, um, leave your Twitter handle and review. Uh, you're entered to win a year-long subscription there. We would appreciate you doing that. It helps us out, and we would appreciate any feedback that we can get as well. Um, follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry is at TLambertFB. Check out the site, com today. We looked a lot at the, the trade stuff that was going on, but we'll get more in-depth into this game as the week goes on. So thanks again for listening. Uh, again, this is Locked on Titans, and we will be back with another episode tomorrow.